0: Welcome to the Archer and Armstrong Production Journals. I am your co-executive producer, Jeffrey Bridges, and I am joined by... Co-executive producer, Susan Bridges. <laughs> you almost got through that. And today we are joined by... <laughs> well, I'm a little drunk. The voice... <laughs> <laughs> great, that's a great start to these. Yes, Yes. <laughs> nice. well done. Uh, we're joined by the voice of Ivar, Jack Kolk. Hello, Jack. Hi there. Nice to hear from you. Um, so... Well, okay, this is interesting because you are playing Ivar, who is one of the, I would, I guess you could say he's one of the biggest uh, characters in all of Valiant. Uh, He just had his own uh, 12-issue series, which was phenomenal, and I loved it, and uh, he first appears here, uh, sort of his origin story mixed in with uh, Archer and Armstrong's uh, in our adaptation of The Michelangelo Code. Um, So you are officially the first person to ever bring Ivar to life, so no pressure.
1: No, not at all.
0: <laughs> so uh, what was the um, the process like for you of uh, sort of getting into his head and coming up with uh, his voice? Which is not that different from your voice, but the, the way he speaks is definitely different from the way, you know, your normal speaking voice. So,
1: Yeah, um, so uh, I'm not really sure what possessed me to drag this voice out, except I read the lines and it was like, oh, he growls. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> you know, way back when the auditions came out. Um, yeah. And it's not that long ago. It was like six months ago. Um, and I ended up picking up the comic. Uh, I picked up the first volume of Ivar Time Walker, his, uh, you know, his his series. And yes, you know, pawing through it, trying trying to find out how he talks. And I something said growl to me, and I hadn't gotten to do a real growl uh, in a, in a long time, so. I was hoping to do that and you know we were actually doing the read throughs for uh, the very first episode, and there's this mm-hmm. interchange between me and Pete Mylan, and I just remember thinking, oh, it's just the growl hour. Um, <laughs>
0: Pete, of course, is our Armstrong uh, for those of you that are new to this. we'll be talking with him later on in the production journals.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a, you know he's got a fairly deep voice in his arm you know yes. and, and he has a tendency to growl with a lot of his characters. I, you know I've written for him, I've acted against him before. Um, but it was very fun to just, you know, I, I'm all angry and not very pleased with him and Pete <laughs> is always upset and you know, it's, it's a good time. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I actually answered your question just now, but, uh, growl, <laughs> I growled. That's what I did. He growls a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's that was the first taste, actually, that uh, most people out there now are gonna have of of your Ivar voice. So we, uh, you know, we haven't gotten the preview trailer out just yet. Um, so we're we're working on when we're gonna release that. But, but. you get the dynamic of you his do. character and Armstrong, and where they're kind of there's some friction between right, them. right, yeah, and, you know, brotherly friction. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell who thinks they're better than the other one. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's the thing kind of about Ivar, though, is part of his charm is he kind of thinks he's better than everyone. Right. So, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because in Archer and Armstrong, you know, the book uh, and in this adaptation, really, he's very, not very different, I would say, from the, uh, you know, from his his own title. But in his own title, he is the hero of his story. And so everything he does is a little more amusing. But in this one, his actions have consequences and people are very confused and not very pleased with him. And, um... So it's interesting, you know, it, it's interesting to see the different sides of him that are presented across Valiant media, but it's neat.
0: Well, yeah, in, uh, of course, in Archer and Armstrong, uh, this adaptation that we're doing, he's, um, sort of just been trapped in time for 10,000 years and just sort of finally figuring out how to communicate with people. And it happens to be Archer that he, uh. <laughs> is able to communicate with at first, and Archer's not quite sure if he's, you know, seeing the face of God or what it is. So it's a very interesting dynamic that the two of them have.
1: Mm-hmm. And and what I, you know, and I'm a, I hope this isn't, I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but you know, I mean, the implication being he exists between time where clothes aren't, you know, there, there aren't <laughs> clothes between times. Yes. And so, you know, the fact that Archer thinks Jesus looks like a a muscular man with really long red hair and no clothes on Uh, like that might say more about Archer than it does about, uh, about Ivar.
0: Yeah. I don't think it ever comes up uh, specifically in the audio version of it, but in the comic version, yes, you can see Ivar and he's never wearing any clothes in these first issues. So he's definitely the guy with no pants. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, Which is a great juxtaposition to him feeling like he's better than everyone. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're naked. True. You're literally naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to get Archer to do his bidding. Um, so uh, is there anything specific about the role that you found uh, particularly challenging or was there a uh, – I mean, he doesn't have a huge – role in the, this first story. I mean, he's important, but it's not like he's, you know, half of an episode or something. So, uh, would you find that more challenging the fact that you had less, uh, sort of less lines to work with to get everything across with him or how, how did that go for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a little challenging to do something to play someone who's helpless because what do you do? you be helpless. You know, I mean, he, he has the ability to, you know, basically shout you know, like to make his voice heard a little bit, but he can't do much, you know, it's, it's not his story. It's Archer and Armstrong's story. So it's difficult in the sense that, you know, it's, it's hard to make helpless entertaining in in a way, you know? Um, but you know, he's very, I mean, this is kind of a family of, of fighters of warriors, you know, literally one mm-hmm. of them is called the eternal warrior. So, yes. um, they're, they're not, they're not the most calm guys in the world. And, and so, <laughs> It's a little, and, you know, it, it's difficult sometimes to not let it just be <laughs> very angry all the time uh, and, and to try and find some kind of compelling reason to like this guy who really can't do much to help himself.
0: Well, the interesting thing about uh, Ivar, especially um, among the Anapada brothers, is that he's, um, you know, he's physically helpless. As you mentioned, like in this story, he's trapped in time and he can't get out, but Ivar is like a master manipulator, so I feel like he's he's never fully helpless because, like here, all he can do is talk, but he he worms his way into Archer's head to get him to do what he needs to get done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I find that a very fascinating aspect of his character. He's a very um, cerebral in that way.
1: Yeah, and, and that's cool. And, you know, I, I don't get to play a lot of chess masters. I, you know, I, I, I'm i still, I mean, I'm finishing up my undergrad right now, and I, I play a lot of characters who are awkward and weirdly sexual. That's sort of my type. <laughs> and Ivar is not really that. He's actually very smooth. He's very collected. He's very... Yes. You know, the word chess master comes to mind. Uh, na- the naked chess master. The naked chess master. <laughs> the naked chess master. Something else. And um...
0: That's a miniseries title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, yeah, no, so it's... <laughs> It's neat to be able to, you know, to play someone this smart and this, someone who thinks far enough ahead to notice the consequences of his actions. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> depending yeah, on the yeah. story.
0: Yeah, yeah. You get into, uh, into Time Walker, he kind of, uh, well, that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But he's of strong convictions and Archer's yes? of strong convictions. And Well, who isn't in this story? I mean, they're all button I guess that's so, true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of strong-willed people in this story, uh, for sure.
0: Well, you talked about how he's very different from a lot of the other characters you've played. So, is there something about him um, that I don't know? I mean, it's like, what am I trying to get at? Was it intimidating having to play this character? Who I mean, he's the lead of a, a pretty popular book put out by Valiant, and you know, he's he's one of like Valiant's biggest characters. Uh, they've got a whole slew of big characters, but he's definitely up there with them. So, I mean, was that it hopefully wasn't nagging at the back of your mind, you know, the whole time, but I I don't know what anything like that's like, you know, cause me, I don't do a lot of voice acting. And, um, so I don't know. It's, it's a foreign concept to me.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I heard about the character. I did a little bit of research. I talked to a professor of mine who was hugely into comics in the nineties and he was like, oh yeah, Time Walker. I can tell you all about him. Um, <laughs> which was, which was nice, but, um, I wanted to do like something a little different from what I've done before in in the sense of I've never really played a character quite like this one. And so, you know, I wanted to find a voice for him that wasn't anywhere similar to, you know, other stuff I do for Pendant, um, Mm -hmm. like K-Lock or Johnny Franks. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it was intimidating because, you know, this is a character who's been written by, you know, many writers over the last 20 30 years. He's, you know, got people, everyone probably has a different, you know, impression of him and this is going to be the first time we see him existing in any other media that's not a comic, you know. And so right. that's an interesting step for me to to be the first one to do that when, you know, people have been reading him for 20 30 years and he is people who you know cuz you go to see a new you know, everyone's like, oh, what, what kind of Batman is Ben Affleck going to play? You know, and, and he will inevitably be compared to Christian Bale. He'll be compared to, you know, uh, George Clooney, Adam right. West. But there is no other Ivar. So that that was intimidating in the sense that it's the first steps in whatever direction this character's interpretation is going to go, which is neat.
0: R- right. And so in the future, everyone will compare uh, other versions of him to you. So that's, um, yeah, wow. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> that's the hope, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, exciting. Um, Well,
1: uh, how did you, Mr. Jack Kulk, get into voice acting? Um, Pendant, really. You know, there there were some... uh, Yes! Yes. (laughs) Yes! Yeah, no, I didn't really... I I didn't do a lot with my high school theater program uh, at the time, and Pendant was putting out a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed, and so I auditioned my first role, was in The Kingery, which was really fun um Back before you had to be 18 to act in the Kingery, um, <laughs> we wised up. Yeah, that show is not for children. It's a great show, but not for children. We um, tightened
0: up our policies thanks to you.
1: Yes, <laughs> and Colin's child. Yeah, and, and Colin Kelly. um But um, yeah, so really, it was pendant, and you know, I've, I've just kept going the whole way through. I've, I've done a project here or there i voiced a commercial for my university uh that nice. aired during march madness which was fun um but for the most part I, I i stick with doing voiceover with pendant uh which is a lot of fun and then once in a while for my university when we need a, a voice around but
0: yeah do you have other uh projects or things going on at the moment uh that you would like to talk about or or uh you know sort of promote and help people find and
1: um well there there is an upcoming project at pendant audio that i'm very excited about <laughs> um i mean I, you know it, obviously it's it's your brainchild so i'll, I'll avoid you know over over talking well about it, but...
0: i mean you're the one who turned him into something more than you know I, there's a show coming out <laughs> yeah. at the end of march uh, it's called active radio active radio and it's about this guy who sets up a radio station in a post-apocalypse because he has nothing else to do. And uh, Jack here is our our lead, playing Johnny, Johnny Franks. Franks.
1: Yes. And uh, <laughs> he's,
0: um, yeah. So we're very excited about that project, too. He's a very unique guy. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. And, you know, I was, uh, yeah, I played a major character on Quick Audio here at Pendant. I I play, uh, now I would consider him a main cast member on The Kingery. Yeah. Um, k Kalock. Yes. The these, these days I would say that he's a main cast member on the King, right? Um and uh, I wrote Tabula Rasa. I still write Tabula Rasa, um, which is being worked on still. Um
0: It is, right? Poke, poke, poke. Poke, poke. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, I do I do we have got one more season left, Tabula Rasa to crank out. Um, and I'm very excited about that because it's gonna be it's gonna be different, it's gonna be new. You know, I've I've grown a lot as a writer, I think, since I started the show, and there's gonna be some curveballs coming your way in the third season, which uh, I'm looking forward to. And that's you know, you can find that all on Pendant's website. Now for uh folks who may be
0: listening who are not familiar with Tabula Rasa, why don't you give them the uh the quick pitch for the show?
1: Sure. Um one rainy evening in March, a blind woman appeared on the doorstep of Dr. Liza Finch. Uh, who is a criminal psychologist for the Chicago police department. She doesn't remember anything about herself. Uh, and she just keeps muttering the same few words over and over again. And as time goes on, she finds herself in the middle of a political upheaval within a mysterious organization. Um, it's a show about second chances, uh, and has an incredibly strong cast. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, pen slash show slash tabula rasa.
0: That's right. And it's got, it's got a little, uh, sci-fi twist to it too. So it's, a uh... It's uh, very unique,
1: very cool, a lot of drama, a lot of intrigue. Yeah, it's fun. You know, there's, it, it owes a lot. I've described it before as kind of an homage to TV dramas of the mid-2000s. Uh, it, it owes a lot to 24 and Heroes uh, and Lost, if that, you know. Interesting. I hope that, so- I hope that sounds intriguing. It, it owes a lot to those <laughs> three shows.
0: Well, I think it's intriguing because, you know, uh, it's a pendant show. So, you know, we're a little biased on this end, but we think it's great. So you should definitely check that out. And uh, if you want to hear more of um, Jack's great acting, again, you can listen to The Kingery, not safe for work, 18 or older, please. Um, Think of it as more like an HBO show uh, where he plays Kaylock, a sort of gelatinous, Alien. Alien. <laughs> yes, you're, you've you got some great roles. And then, of course, uh, at the end of March, uh, you'll hear him playing Johnny Franks. So be sure you come back for that. And um, if people would like to uh, uh, find you on the interwebs, Mr. Kalk, where
1: may they do so? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JTC. Uh, it's spelled J A Y T E E S E E. I'm the one who brags about being the number nine ranked player in the world for papers, please. Um, which is no longer the case, but once upon a time, I was really good at that game. Um, other than that, that, that's about where you're going to find me these days. Facebook is a more, is a more real life friends thing. So just Twitter. Cool. All right. Well, any final
0: thoughts about, uh, Ivar in the Archer and Armstrong project and your time voicing him? Any, any last things you'd like to share before we head off for the day?
1: No, I don't think so. It's a lot of fun, and if it sounds anything like the, uh, you know, the group rehearsals that we did, it is going to be very quirky and very entertaining.
0: Yeah, the table reads were pretty great. Uh, we did record those, so we're hoping maybe sometime we can offer some kind of bonus content with um, some great selections from some of the yeah. hilarious uh, stuff that happened during those. So, oh, fun. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll have those coming up after the show uh, later on this year. But um, thanks very much for being here, Jack. It was great talking with you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, look forward to hearing Jack as Ivar in Archer and Armstrong, the audio drama. Coming soon!